Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. Welcome to another session of Global Answers. My friend and brother in the Lord and fellow minister, Brother Stephen Strew, is here with me. And we are going through the book of Revelation. And it's uh, more than the book because we have to use other scriptures to verify why we're talking about what we're talking about in the book of Revelation. So we've been talking about the resurrection and the rapture, and we went into that last time. And then, then the confusing point about most of the scripture is actually kind of like a repeat. When the Jews were looking at the coming of their Messiah, they could see scriptures that described it this way and scriptures that described it that way, but they had no idea that it referred to a first and second coming. And so in the same way, there's a, there's a one category and another category within the church. And that's why when you read certain scriptures, it looks like there's the church in the tribulation. Then you read other scriptures and it looks like, no, they're raptured before the tribulation. So we have all these pre-trib, post-trib, pre-millennium, post-millennium concepts because most are not catching the, the two designations within the framework of the Christian church. Both groups are saved, so we're not trying to put, send anybody to hell. Both groups are saved, and we found in, that in Matthew 25, the first designation that we talked about, the separator of the two, I want to repeat now. Matthew 25 gives us a parable of five wise, five foolish virgins. The foolish had no oil in their lamp. The wise had oil in their lamp. Oil represents anointing. And so the, the wise had the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the foolish did not. But they're both virgin. That means they are clean, living people. The difference now is, is it is only by one spirit baptism that we're baptized into the body of Christ. And by being baptized into the body of Christ, then we receive the fullness of the benefits, fullness of the benefits of Calvary. And by receiving the fullness of the benefits of Calvary, there is no further judgment or problem that has to be dealt with for this bride because she is totally, completely wrapped in the robes of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. She has no need to go through further purging in a great tribulation. Whereas the foolish virgin, not fully wrapped, though they're accepting Jesus as their Savior, and they, they will receive a benefit from that at the white throne judgment. We'll get into that in a moment. They're, they will receive a benefit from their believing. They do not rule and reign with Christ in the millennium. And so this is what we've been laboring on now just a little bit to show you the two groups within the framework of the church. So now let's, let's go to a few places in Scripture to reestablish this. Not just Matthew 25 there, because that shows the two groups, but some, some say you can't make a doctrine out of a parable. But in this case, we are using it as a doctrine because it's verified in other, in other parts of Scripture. In, uh, let's go to uh, Revelations chapter 20. Sorry, I didn't get my, even my own Bible turned over there. This is talking about the time now coming up in the very, very near future. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit 
and a great chain in his hands. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So now our, we see our subject is the millennium. And the millennium, of course, is that 1,000-year reign of Christ on earth immediately after the uh, tribulation on the earth. And cast him, Satan, into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. I'm going to explain something here to you that, that a prophetic message has explained to us. Satan is going to be bound in the millennium because his subjects are not there with him. He doesn't have anyone to work through. It's Christ and his bride on earth, so he's bound by a chain of circumstances that he's got no one that'll yield to him that he can work through. And then it says he's going to be loose for a little season at the end of the millennium because, as we will see, there will be a general resurrection at the end of the millennium and all the dead will raise. And now those who had already been subjects of Satan on earth have now been raised and are, will be going to stand before the white throne judgment. But now he's got instruments he can work through, so immediately he's loosed from his prison because a spirit is almost helpless without a vessel to work through. And so now he's got these vessels he can work through, loosed for his use at the end of the millennium. And we'll, we'll show you those resurrections too as we, as we continue on here. Verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, either received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, that verse alone would make it sound like that people who die in the millennium and yet in the tribulation, yet they're going to rule and reign with Christ. But... <clears throat> What the people fail to recognize here is that the mark of the beast has been all the way since Genesis in that those who receive the truth are whatever the seal of God is for that age, they receive it. Just like for Abraham, it was his circumcision was the sign of his seal of, of God's acceptance. And that, and that in our age, the seal, the seal is grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of your redemption. So our seal, God accepts a man's faith by, and shows he's accepted it by uh, crowning with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, so this is the saints through the ages. It is not because they stood against the mark of the beast in the great tribulation. The bride does not go into the tribulation. And that's what we're, we're attempting to show you. So this one verse looks like they're going to be there. But it's not so. These are the people back through the previous ages that did not, were not deceit. I'm going to give you a little idea about the mark of the beast. Let's go back in our thinking to the days when Jesus was on the earth or even John the Baptist. And now we hear about this fellow standing down on the River Jordan and he had enough uh, wrongness, guts about him that those Sadducees and Pharisees down there, and, he said, and you could say, did you hear what he called our priest? He called them snakes and vipers. Why, what a terrible guy he is. 
And now look at this, what he and his cousin have cooked up. Here comes his cousin walking down to the water and he says, yeah, this is the man you've waited for. Two guys down here, he says, but yet on the other hand, there's, it seems to be scriptural. And on the other hand, this is happening. And I think, well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I'll tell you what, let's go to the website that the Sadducees and Pharisees have got. And let's see what they say on their website about these two guys. What would we find? We would find total rejection. Total rejection. All we have to do is look in the scripture. The denominations of Jesus' day with the Sadducees, Pharisees, and Herodians, which one of those denominations received Jesus as the Messiah? Not one. Because why? He didn't come according to their previous understanding of the word. And if that's the shadow of organized religion in the beginning, it can't change by the time it reaches the end. So consequently, there's not one system of organized religion that even can receive what God is doing in this age. Can't, because the shadow already shows they will reject it this age, just like they did in that age. That's why Revelations 18.4 says, come out of her, my people, and be not a partaker of her plagues because there's a lot of good people in organized religion, not against the people. It's the system that blinds the people. It's the system that won't let the people go on with the truth. I gave you this example before. I was preaching in, in Korea one time, and the, the place where I was staying was a multiple level building, and on another level above the apartment I was staying in was a Bible seminary. It was a Methodist Bible seminary. And the uh, man up, the, the leader of the seminary, he came down and says, I understand you're a Bible teacher. Would you take a couple classes for us? I said, yeah, sure, be glad to. So I went up and I taught some classes. And when he finished, when I finished, he says, I'm shocked. And I didn't have any idea what he meant. He said, I'm really shocked. And I says, in what way? He said, I've never heard teaching like that in all my life. He said, what seminary did you go to? I said, I didn't go to a seminary. He said, well, where did you get these things? I says, well, God promised to send a message in the last days, and I'm teaching that. He says, look, I'm in charge of a, of a Methodist convention for all of Korea that's coming up here in Seoul in a month. Will you be here? I'll be here. He says, would you speak at our convention? I said, yes and no. He said, what do you mean, yes and no? I said, yes, I'm willing, but no, I won't speak. He said, what do you mean? I says, they won't let me speak. He says, oh, yes, I'm the one that's in charge of the convention. I, I can pick the speakers. I says, no. Your fellow men will not accept me because I don't carry a Methodist cards and I don't identify myself as a Methodist. They will not let me in. Oh, yes, brother, we're free. I says, you'll see. He came back in a few days and he says, you're right. They told me I can't have you. You don't belong to our system. And I said, but I says, but I told him what a great teaching you brought. I said, I told you, I said, it's the system that binds the people from going on in truth. And that's exactly where we are in this age. Come out of her, my people. Your church can't save you. Only a relationship with Christ, the living word, can, can bring you salvation. Excuse me, I got off on a detour there. <laughs> Let me go back here now to Revelation chapter 20. So now we're, t we're talking, our subject matter is the two groups. So now we've, now we've got a group in verse 4 that's going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Verse 5, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. 
So the dead in Christ that rise, and we which are alive and remain caught up to meet him in the air, that's what we call the rapture in Thessalonians. We talked about it last time. That's the first resurrection. They rule and reign with Christ. The rest of the dead remain in the grave for a thousand years. Now reading on, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has, has no power. We find if we read on a little further, it says the second death, of course, is destruction of the soul. And has no power, but they shall be priests of God in Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan is loosed out of his prison. And of course, how is he loosed? Because the general resurrection takes place. We find this confirmed again way back in the book of John in the Gospels in chapter 5, where Jesus is talking to the people in uh, chapter 5. I'm getting this off the top of my head here. Let me just get it. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son. Verse uh, 20, uh, was it 21? That the Son quickeneth whom he will. And then later on, it's verse 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 25, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that here shall live. Okay, now there, there's the first resurrection. There's going to be a group that will hear that voice, which is the, the voice of the resurrection. And they that here shall live. And then, verse 28, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming which all, all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. So there's, a, there's an elect group that comes out by hearing, and then there's an all resurrection, and that's before and after the, the millennium. So the first resurrection is the group we're trying to get you tuned into. This message has come as a message of grace to get a people ready for a resurrection and a rapture. And then the rest of the dead live not for a thousand years, and they remain in the grave. Now, while we're on this subject, let's just go back to Revelation chapter 20 one more time. And we'll, we'll find there uh, something that also ties into the second half of Matthew chapter 25, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, you remember the scripture tells us that they, those who have received Christ shall not come into judgment, but have passed from death unto life. But here's a people that are being judged by their works. For me, I don't want to be judged by my works. I want to go in on grace. Amen. But nevertheless, but here's people that their works are now going to be judged. Verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in it, and they were judged every man according to his works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the people here are going to be judged by their works. And as, and as uh, Matthew 25, the latter part of the chapter shows, and uh, Stephen will read it in a moment, it shows, shows us there that at this judgment here, there will be those who, according to their works, will be ushered into life. 
One of their works, of course, will be that they stood against the mark of the beast. So they didn't receive that damning sign in their forehead or in their hand. And then there's some other factors that are played in here that cause them to be ushered into life. They will have eternal life, but they won't rule and reign with Christ. And then this takes place after the millennium. They're ushered into life, heading into eternity. Matthew 25. And verse 31, Matthew 25, 31, it says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And that's what we're reading about in Revelation 20 is the great, what's called the great white Correct. throne judgment. Right. Now let's look at what happens at that judgment. Verse 32, And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he goes into the kind of works that they did. That, uh, that qualified them. When I was hungry, you gave me food. Mm -hmm. I was naked and you, and you clothed me. And, uh, and uh, then in verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, because your works weren't satisfactory. He says, When I was hungry, you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. So there's the people being ushered in to eat life and another people going to hell. And so we, we watch the program here. There are two groups. I want to show you the two groups one more place, and that's in Daniel chapter but, 7. Brother Lonnie, yes. there's just one uh, question that arises here. How come these that were doing good works and who are obviously saved, you can't get in unless you are saved. So their works, as James said, uh, was demonstrating their faith. They believed in Jesus. Why are they at the great white throne judgment? Wouldn't they have been part of the rapture? Uh, 1 John 1.7, I think, Brother Stephen gives us the answer. 1 John 1.7 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, God in us, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So we find that just believing in Calvary is not the only, been, uh, the only requirement for receiving the blood. It's if we walk in the light as He is in the light. That's the same thing as in Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. So consequently, those who those who can hear what God is teaching, bringing to the church by His chosen men in the age that they're supposed to bring it and catch what God is doing as their age, that immediately links them back to Calvary where they receive the full benefit of the blood. Because if you remember, John 1, 4 says that, that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so then Jesus in Corinthians 11, where he talks about communion, he says, you eat my, my body, and we know that represents the word. So consequently, we, we tie the word then back, because the scripture says the life of the flesh, the body, the word, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so now we have the benefits of the blood hiding in the word. And so when we receive the word for our day, it links you back to the benefits of Calvary, and that's receiving full benefit. 
the foolish virgin, they've missed what God was doing in their day. And even though they profess Jesus Christ and will stand against the mark of the beast and will receive a benefit from that, the very blood they claim they're linked to, they miss the link because they didn't walk in the light that Jesus was in in their day. And that's, that's, that's what separates the two. Amen. That's okay. right. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Da Daniel chapter 7, verse 18. Now, remember what we talked about the wise and foolish virgins, and they're both, both the sanctified people. And so, therefore, they're both clean living people. And in the scripture, the word, the word saint merely means sanctified one. Now, uh, contrary to some churches that teach that you become saints because by some appointment after you're dead, that's not scriptural at all because uh, Paul, we find, addressed many, uh, uh, many of his letters to the saints at. And right. they were not dead saints at Amen. all. They were living sanctified ones, clean living people. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. So now we've got one group that's going to possess the kingdom. Verse 21, And I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Well, here are these being prevailed against, and here they've taken the kingdom. That's what right. is this? Verse 22, Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and goes on to describe them. Now verse 27, And the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. So here we have one group of saints being overcome, and another group of saints is going to take possess the kingdom. What is it? Wise and foolish virgins. It's mm -hmm. the same group again. Amen. One's going to rule and reign with him. The other will be eventually given life for standing against the mark of the beast. And they are both saints. They are both sanctified ones. But one has the kingdom given to him. The other one is merely overcome, yet will end up with eternal life. So our, our two groups then become very distinct. That's why it looks like the church goes into the tribulation. Then it looks like the church doesn't go into the tribulation. It's because the wise portion of the church that has the baptism of the Holy Ghost they do not go into the tribulation. They are raptured before the tribulation. And then the foolish, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they will go into the tribulation. And if their names are on the Lamb's Book of Life, it says they will not be deceived, Revelation chapter 13. They will not be deceived, so they will stand against the mark of the beast, and they will die a martyr's death, and then remain in the grave, sleeping, until the until the end of the millennium and then at the great white throne judgment they'll be given life based based on their works. You want to add anything to that, Brother Stephen? I just want to show, just mention that in the New Testament, Jesus, uh, excuse me, uh, Paul, I believe it was, or one is one of the epistles, says that uh, we are more than overcomers right. through Christ Jesus who, who strengthens us. And um, that power of overcoming is given to the saints, given mm. to us as believers today. Why would it be taken away? Only because the, something about that power, what was giving us the power, was removed. And that's what it says in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter, chapter 2, is that he that letteth and will let will be taken away. That means he that hinders or will hinder. What is 
it that gives us that overcoming power today, it's the Holy Ghost living Amen. in us. Right. When the Holy Ghost leaves, we leave with him. And so that overcoming power leaves. Now the saints that are left behind that were not part of that rapture, the foolish virgin, they don't have the benefit of that overcoming power. Mm -hmm. And consequently, they are then overcome by uh, the, the systems mm -hmm. that, that you were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. And only those who have the courage to stand against the mark of the beast that have their eyes open to the truth in the, in the tribulation and recognize what it was that they rejected, they then have to pay with their own lives. But uh, they nevertheless turn down the mark mm -hmm. of the beast and they die a martyr's death mm -hmm. uh, because of it. The Bible says that, uh, that everyone, that doesn't take on the mark of the beast in Revelation 13 would be killed. Mm -hmm. right. So it's that same principle read in Daniel that we now see in Revelation, and that's the same thing that we learned in picture form in the parable. Yeah. We're going to next session, friends, we'll go directly into Revelations chapter 1 and, and get into the, the principles there out of chapter 1 because there's certain things about the Godhead and the timing of the book of Revelation that is essential for our, for our under, understanding. And the keys are given us in, in chapter 1, which sets the scene for what, what's about to come. And so that's what we want to get into next time. And I, I pray that you'll be with us, stay with us, because we want with all of our hearts for you to see what we're trying to bring. We are not promoting ourselves. We are not promoting a man. We are promoting Jesus Christ, the living word in our age. And we want you to meet him personally, just for you. We believers are called the seed of Abraham. And by symbolism, we're also called the stars. Now, the natural sun of the natural world, of course, we know that's the light of the world, but Jesus is the spiritual light of the world. Spiritually, the earth is in darkness, as depicted in Revelations, by the candlesticks and the stars, because of the absence of the sun, S-O-N. But what illuminates the earth in the absence of the S-U-N sun is the moon. And that types the church, which has no light of its own but merely reflects the light of the sun, which is on the opposite side of the earth, to the darkened side of the earth. That's the purpose of the church. This is the church. She has no light of her own. So scripture again depicts in this symbolism again that, that in the natural and the spiritual, that the light proceeds from the east to the west. And we can trace the gospel going from Israel to Rome, to Germany, to England, over to America, but now the great revivals are in China, friends. We are at the end. It is the dawning of a new day. God is about to turn back to Israel. Today's program, The Tribulation, Who Goes Into It and Who Does Not, as well as a sermon by Brother Lonnie Jenkins entitled, Before the Great and Dreadful Day of the Lord, are both available on DVD. To order them, visit us on the web at globalanswers.us or write to Global Answers, 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio. Our zip code in the USA is 45801. Once again, we invite you to write us with any comments or questions about our program. Your feedback is very important to us and we really look forward to hearing from you. 
Our email address is info at globalanswers.us. Thanks again for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.